Hi, I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Seizing Life, a bi-weekly podcast produced by Cure Epilepsy. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Beth Dean to the podcast. Beth is the CEO of Cure Epilepsy. She joined the organization in 2019 after working on the pharmaceutical side of epilepsy treatment for many years. Beth is here today to provide us with a better understanding of the organization, how Cure Epilepsy raises funds and selects the research it supports, and what she sees as the most promising areas of epilepsy research today. Beth will also answer questions submitted by podcast listeners. So if you've ever wanted to know exactly what Cure Epilepsy does and how research gets done, this is the show for you. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. This is so long overdue, and I'm just thrilled to introduce the Seizing Life audience to you and you to them. To begin, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you were doing prior to joining Cure Epilepsy? Sure, Kelly, and thank you for for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, So I joined Cure Epilepsy about two and a half years ago, and prior to that, I actually worked in the pharma industry. Um, I worked on the uh, commercialization of new drugs and bringing them to market. Uh, I got my MBA, and then I started at Eli Lilly working on insulins, but shortly thereafter, I went to Abbott Laboratories and worked on a drug called Depakote. Um, and Depakote is indicated by the FDA for several things, but, but one of its primary uses is as an anti-epileptic. And so that was my entree into the epilepsy community. And from there, I went to a company called Ovation and worked on uh, some drugs like Vigabatrin and Clobazam, uh, and then uh, did some consulting and worked at some other firms. But I've spent the bulk of my um, professional career working on anti-epileptics. So that connection into epilepsy is how I got connected with Cure. I think it has provided such um, a rich background for you coming into Cure uh, to have that base knowledge and to sort of understand the workings from the pharmaceutical side. What did you know about Cure Epilepsy prior to joining us and what attracted you to the organization? Sure. So, so I was familiar with um, Cure, as it was known then, back since 2003, 2004. In fact, I think I actually attended some of the earliest benefits um, a long, long time ago, totally dating myself, but, but back in the 2004, 2005 timeframe. So I was aware of Cure. I knew that Susan Axelrod, along with some other mothers, had founded the organization Um, And they were devoted to funding research towards a cure. Uh, Epilepsy research um, was at that time, it continues to be underfunded. And this was a group of people with, you know, doing grassroots work, raising money to fund important science towards a cure. So um, I knew that aspect. And then I also knew that um, cure had a sterling reputation um, with researchers and clinicians um, within the epilepsy space. Everyone thought incredibly highly of Cure. So Cure Epilepsy, we fund patient-focused research. And, you know, we tout that. It's all over the website on all of our documentation. But what exactly does that mean, the patient-focused research piece of that? 
Yes, and we have a very um, focused mission, right? We are funding research to get us towards a cure. And I think back from the founding with Susan and, and the other mothers who started, they wanted to make sure that the patient community, whether that's a, a parent, a caregiver, or a person with epilepsy, that their, um, their feedback, their opinions, their desires, their needs were all incorporated into the research. So when we fund projects, um, we have members from the community weigh in on the grant proposals um, and the, the science we're going to fund. It is, we take many, many perspectives um, into account when we choose the research we're going to fund, um, but the patient focus is an important part of that. So, you know, I know that, you know, we have the lay reviewers, which essentially means the the yous and me's of the world right. looking over these grants who don't have PhD or MD after our name. But then we do have the scientists also looking at it and giving their feedback. Um, but I think you're right. It is that that patient focused side that um, getting the patient and caregiver input that sort of sets the organization apart. So Cure funds grants which go to fund research. But what is a grant? What constitutes a grant? Sure. So a grant is it's the vehicle by which we provide money to a researcher to conduct research. So a couple times a year, we have a call for proposals. And this is the, the way we fund grants. We, we reach out to the epilepsy community, to researchers and clinicians, and we essentially say, hey, we're interested in giving out some grants for epilepsy research. Send us your really great ideas. And they do that in what's called a, a letter of intent. And then we review those. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in between scientists review, the community reviews. Um, but then we, we ultimately pare it down uh, to the ones that we think are the best science. And we award grants. And, and this is the the amount of money that we give them to conduct that research. So a grant is the vehicle by which um, we, we provide the money to a researcher to conduct research. I don't know that many people understand how involved that process is or how long it actually takes. You know, it's not that someone just comes to us and says that they have a great idea. Can we fund it? It is this, this rather long process. How long does it take and how many people are involved? So it takes probably about six months from start to finish. Um, like I mentioned, it starts with kind of that call for proposals. Uh, and then, you know, we have to give the, the researchers and scientists time to get their paperwork together and submit it to us. And then we do an initial review and the scientists review. Um, and then we go back to the ones that we think have the most potential. And we say, okay, Loved the, the high-level summary you gave us. Now give us all the details, right? Tell us everything you're going to do and tell us how much money you need and tell us what you need the money for. Um, and so we have to give them, you know, a, a month or two to, to get that together and submit back to us. And then we review them again in detail and we score them. And by the time we get through this whole process and then ultimately um, the board of directors approves the recommended grants that we want to fund, it's about six months um, and then we have to go through a contracting process, which is all the, the legalese. So it, it's a substantial amount of time. So it's this crazy long process and all of the money, you know, that Cure raises really goes toward this research. This is the primary recipient of the money that Cure raises. And 
you know, this is a question that I get a lot, you know, from people who really want to help. They are passionate about research, about finding a cure for themselves, for a loved one, but perhaps they don't have the, the financial capacity to donate and, and make a difference in that way. How, in what other ways can people help cure epilepsy and help push science forward? Yeah, I mean, there, there are really a lot of ways that pe people can help. And, and first, let me say that even small donations are important to the organization because if you give $25, $50, $100, when you multiply that, um, you know, with thousands of people, it adds up. So um, I do want to say that small donations are important as much as the, the larger ones. But there are other ways that people can, can support the organization and uh, help us raise funds to, to fund research. So uh, a lot of people uh, choose to hold events. Uh, they may do uh, a walk or a run within their community. Um, we have things like people will do yoga fundraisers or dressage. I mean, it runs the gamut. So whatever your passion is, you can take that and turn that into a fundraising opportunity for the organization. And we have um, kind of fundraising in a box. We have... Um, information to help you out with that. So those those um, Cure Champion events, that is what we call them, are really important. Uh, I, I also think helping raise awareness of Cure Epilepsy is important. So if you see a post on Facebook or Instagram and you share it with your community, helping people know that, that we exist and we have this awesome mission that we're trying to cure epilepsy through, through research, um, Broadening our reach that way is really helpful. There are there are 3.4 million people in the U.S. with epilepsy, and I would love it if all of them knew that we were here and doing this amazing work. So that's another way. It doesn't cost anything, but just sharing information, talking to loved ones or other people impacted and letting them know about, about cure epilepsy would be great. And then we do have some other opportunities. We do have some individuals who help us review grants, people who aren't MDs or PhDs but love science. Uh, we have uh, an advisory council where people provide us feedback when we need assistance. So there are a lot of different ways um, to support the organization, and we are grateful for everyone who gives their time and or their money uh, to help us with our mission. I think you bring up such a great point about sharing a social media post. You know, one in 26 people will be diagnosed in their lifetime. You have no idea who among your internet friends who are, you know, seeing your your posts pop up on their feed every day, you have no idea which of them has a spouse that maybe has been diagnosed or a child that maybe two weeks later will be diagnosed. And that, you know, having that information and sharing that name recognition of the organization Cure Epilepsy, it really does go a long way and is such a simple action to take. Hi. This is Brandon from Cure Epilepsy. Since 1998, Cure Epilepsy has raised over $78 million to fund more than 260 epilepsy research projects in 16 countries around the world. Learn what you can do to support epilepsy research by going to cureepilepsy.org. Now back to Seizing Life. I know that the government is doing research. Clearly the NIH is doing epilepsy research. So if they're doing the research, why is it so important that CURE is also funding this research? So I think there are a couple of reasons. I would say first, um, epilepsy is the fourth most common neurological disease 
but we receive much less funding in epilepsy than, than other neurological diseases such as Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. Um, the government has, for a variety of reasons, funds those diseases at, at a higher rate. So the additional research that we fund is important. The, the other two things I would say is that it's important to build a pipeline of researchers, right? We need to attract young talent, um, people who are just getting their PhDs or their postdocs, and they're choosing where they want to focus their areas of interest. And we want them in epilepsy. We want the best and the brightest helping us solve this puzzle. Um, and by providing the smaller grants that we do, it, it attracts them into epilepsy, and then hopefully they build a career here. So that's really important. Additionally, one of the things that Cure does um, that's unique is that we are willing to fund riskier, innovative, groundbreaking research. So a lot of times researchers will have an idea, but they don't have um, a proof of concept or supporting data um, to, to move it forward. And we're willing to take a chance on some of those things and give a researcher money to, to perform the experiments so they can generate data, prove their concept, and then hopefully go to organizations like the NIH and get larger grants to do bigger scale funding. So we provide this kind of seed opportunity um, that gives scientists a chance to generate data and go on and do bigger and better things. I think it's so cool. I, I spoke to someone who worked for the NIH at some point, and she told me that they often look in, if someone is applying for NIH, an NIH grant in the field of epilepsy, they will look to see if they've received a CURE grant in the past, which is, you know, which is such a cool thing that we get to be the organization that gives that initial stamp of approval for a young budding researchers work to then go on and do this amazing work um, for the rest of their careers. You know, I, I've read these statistics and some of them just really blow your mind that, you know, epilepsy affects more people than MS, Parkinson's and ALS combined, yet receives less fun federal dollars per person, per patient than each of these. And, you know, I, I think that statistics like that just sort of blow your mind. Is there a reason that those diagnoses are getting those federal dollars when there's actually more patients affected with epilepsy? Not that those those diseases don't deserve that money. They certainly do. Um, but, you know, I think we'd all love to see some of that money go toward epilepsy also. Right, right. And, and you hate, it's not a competition, right? We want all diseases to get funded um, and to move towards cures. So that is absolutely true. I, I think to a large degree, epilepsy is still in the shadows. People don't talk about it the way they do, for example, with Parkinson's and the Michael J. Fox Foundation, right? They have a uh, somebody with a large public presence who's out there advocating and has really made a lot of great strides in terms of noise and awareness that have resulted in um, dollars for funding. And and we don't have that in epilepsy. Uh, a lot of people, there's still stigma to some degree. People don't talk about it. If they can take their medications and be controlled and not tell anyone they have epilepsy, I think many people prefer to do that. And so as a result, um, epilepsy is not um, at the forefront of conversations. Um, 
the grassroots activity, the advocating is probably not at the same level as some of those other disease states. So I think that has something to do with it for sure. I mean, I, we, we've made strides over the past decade or so, and we're definitely getting more funding than we used to, but still not at the level of other disease states. So what has Cure Epilepsy contributed to research? Are there any big successes that you can share with us? Yeah, I think there are a couple places where we've made some some really strong inroads. Um, we have funded two initiatives. Uh, one was in SUDEP, Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy, and one was in Infantile Spasms. And um, through those concerted efforts, you know, we drove science forward. So, for example, within SUDEP, um, we were funding this research back in the Oh, early 2000s, mid 2000s. And um, through the research, we now have a much better understanding of the cardiac and respiratory aspects of SUDEP, um, which helps us understand what we need to look at to potentially prevent it going forward, but also um, to identify who's at risk so that, you know, we can say, you know what, um, you're having tonic-clonic seizures, you're having them at nighttime, you're at a higher risk. So perhaps, you know, wearing a watch or some kind of device um, will be beneficial for you. So those understandings have translated into our ability to identify those with risk and, and take some actions. And I think that's fantastic. The same is true with, with infantile spasms. We made progress. We brought together um, a team of scientists to uh, work on the task. In fact, we recently just published uh, a paper on the uh, research and um, there are some compounds and things in development which um, they haven't crossed the finish line yet, but I think because of our work and our efforts, we may get there. So Cure's approach has been really um, instrumental in some very specific areas in addition to the broader understandings of the brain and seizure activity and other things like that. Yeah, absolutely. We get to kick the ball and get it rolling. And then, um, you know, the NIH sort of picks it up and, and makes something happen with it. But that ball doesn't start rolling. It doesn't make it into the NIH without Cure Epilepsy getting it going. So what is Cure Epilepsy's position on medical marijuana? You know, we, we hear so much about it. And now with Epidiolex on the market, does does cure epilepsy have a position? Do we fund research around cannabis? So, so we are a science and data driven organization. That's just it's in our DNA. It's who we are. So we are fully supportive of of Epidiolex and all of the the clinical studies that occurred, the data that was generated, and um, understanding. Um, the compound and, and, and what is in it and the purity of it. And so we are um, thrilled that, that it was approved and that people have access to it. I would say that we also know that not everyone has access to, to Epidiolex for a variety of reasons. And so um, we wanna support the epilepsy community and patients with what they need. Um, we would, I think, say that um, in consultation with your physician, um, if you feel that medical marijuana is appropriate for you or your physician does and you're working with them, we would support that as well. But we do encourage um, the study, uh, you know, and, and understanding of, 
of all those other um, types of medicinal marijuana? I think that makes perfect sense. You know, I think it is, you know, we can treat medical marijuana the same way that we treat any other drug. We're not going to go out and promote Depakote or um, Trileptol over any other medication. It is another treatment. It is another medication. But more importantly, I think for, you know, our purposes, it is not a cure. It is another treatment. And cure epilepsy's focus is always going to be finding that cure or cures, which, you know, kind of brings me to my next question, which is, you know, do you think that we will ever find a cure for epilepsy? I absolutely do think that we will find a cure but it will be cures, right? There are many types of epilepsy, so there are going to be many cures. And I think some will come faster than others. I think for some of the monogenomic epilepsies, you know, in individuals where a specific gene has been identified, um, we'll probably get to cures fairly quickly for those. And that's super exciting. Um, But at the same time, I think it's important to recognize that for a lot of people who have intractable epilepsy, Uh, We know it's much more complicated. We don't fully understand uh, the biology behind what's going on, and it's going to take longer to get to a cure. So uh, there will be a a continuum where we will get, get to some and some will be further out, but it reinforces the importance of our mission, that we need to continue to fund this research to understand the brain, to understand seizure activity so that we can get to cures for all. But I am hopeful. I had a recent conversation with Dr. Steve White, and he um, he left me with this such so much hope. Where he was like, you know, I really it is cures. He completely agrees with you that it's not just a single single cure that we're looking for, but once that first cure is found, that it will be like dominoes, and that cure will help us find the next cure for the next genetic syndrome, and it'll just move quicker and faster. And, and that's such an exciting thing to think that that's entirely feasible that we can see something within our lifetime where we are actually curing epilepsies. What part of research that is being conducted right now excites you the most? I think it is the, the genomics, the work on the genetic epilepsies. We're finding genes uh, practically every day Uh, understanding the impacts that they're having on individuals. um, And and they are, you know, once you've kind of identified the cause, you can find the solution. And so um, this is relatively new in the past five, 10 years. Uh, It's exciting. And, uh, you know, again, it's hopeful because because we understand it, um, we have the ability to fix it. Well, I am super thrilled to end this conversation on this note of hope. Um, we don't always get to do that, but um, I'm, I'm going to take this one and run with it. Beth, thank you so <laughs> much for chatting with us, for educating us on Cure's grant review process and, and where Cure Epilepsy really fits into our community. Um, Thank you so much for the work that you do being the CEO and leading the Cure Epilepsy team. I think I speak on behalf of all of us when I say we are just so lucky and fortunate to have you leading the way. Well, thank you, Kelly. And let me just um, reciprocate and thank you for all the work you have done 
um, as an ambassador uh, for Cure Epilepsy and for families who are impacted by epilepsy and with the podcast because it's awesome. And I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Beth, for explaining how Cure Epilepsy finds and funds the research it supports, and for sharing your insights about patient advocacy and the promising areas of epilepsy research in which Cure Epilepsy is engaged. If you would like to help Cure Epilepsy in its mission to support patient-focused research, please visit cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Your support and generosity are greatly appreciated. Thank you. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cure Epilepsy. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. Cure Epilepsy strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical conditions be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual specific health situation.